Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. Well, since the Russian war on Ukraine commenced in February this year, leftist activists have been split on just how to show solidarity. Do we support sanctions? Should we send military aid to the Ukraine? Is this a puppet war for NATO and US imperialism? These debates will continue to be prosecuted and Accent of Women will do its best to bring you a range of divergent opinions on this topic. But for this week and next week, we'll bring you a feminist panel on solidarity with the Ukraine, organised by Frida Afari. Frida starts here by introducing herself and the panel. My name is Frida Afari. I am an Iranian-American librarian and translator in Los Angeles and author of the forthcoming book, Socialist Feminism, A New Approach. On behalf of Internationalism from Below, Haymarket Books, Commons Journal, and New Politics Journal, I would like to welcome you to today's panel on how feminist solidarity can help Ukraine. Since Russia's full-scale imperialist invasion of Ukraine was launched by Vladimir Putin on February 24th, Putin's speeches, Russian state propaganda, and the actual massacres and rapes committed by the Russian army have revealed the genocidal and misogynist character of this invasion. At the same time, the resistance of the Ukrainian people has been heroic. There have been many other expressions of opposition to this war as well, ranging from global protests to humanitarian aid, convoys, and initiatives by individuals and groups to help the resistance in Ukraine. Ukrainian feminists have been an active part of the resistance, both in actual combat and in various other invaluable capacities, such as healthcare, childcare, food production, communications, and strategizing through social media as writers, leaders, and spokeswomen. Among the more than 5 million Ukrainian refugees in Europe, who are mostly women and children, many women are promoting valuable communication with the world. The Russian feminist anti-war resistance, though much smaller in comparison, has brought together 40 different feminist groups inside Russia to oppose the invasion. They have also attempted to fight state disinformation by publicizing facts about the war through a telegram channel. However, many of their members, along with other opponents of the war within Russia, have been arrested and silenced by the Russian police state and its campaign of disinformation. Desperately needed is a coordinated global feminist solidarity effort to support the Ukrainian popular resistance and their struggle to maintain their country's independence and democratic rights. Today's panel will argue that solidarity with Ukraine is critical for the present and future of women's rights, anti-racism, labor rights, environmentalism, LGBTQ rights, and the right to truth and social justice seeking. The Ukrainian struggle is a determinant for the future of humanity. Our speakers are the following. 
Yulia Yurchenko is the author of Ukraine and the Empire of Capital, From Marketization to Armed Conflict, published by Pluto Press in 2018. She is a senior lecturer in political economy at the Political Economy Governance, Finance and Accountability Institute at the University of Greenwich, UK. She's also vice chair of the Critical Political Economy Research Network. Oksana Dutchak is a Ukrainian sociologist and co-editor of the journal Commons. She is the deputy director of the Center for Social and Labor Research in Kyiv, where she has studied work and working conditions as well as gender inequalities. She's now a refugee. Sasha Tolliver is a PhD candidate in gender studies at the Central European University in Vienna. And currently she is a fellow at the Leibniz Center for Contemporary History in Potsdam. Sasha explores the role of the state-supported women's organization in the Soviet Union, the Soviet Women's Anti-Fascist Committee in Soviet policymaking, her previous research project was on the underground women's movement in Soviet Leningrad. Sasha has co-edited the book Feminist Samizdat, 40 years after, by, published by Commonplace Books in Moscow in 2020. Wanda Powell is a professor emerita of history at the Los Angeles Southwest College. She continues her work in ethnic studies. Question, uh, Number one is, why is the Ukrainian struggle a determinant for the future of humanity? Hello, everyone. Uh, the first question is probably the most important to set our agenda today, because this idea of feminist solidarity is a long-term as well as a daily uh, intellectual challenge for women all around the world. To date, uh, we have approximately 60 million refugees around the world. If you watch the documentary of the great sculptor activist from China, Ai Weiwei, it is showing you that now to that 60 million, we're adding 5.8 million Ukrainians. And the world right now has open arms. But the causes of this displacement, the causes of this refugee crisis is due to wars, civil wars, religious wars, economic wars. We've got plagues, SARS, Ebola, HIV, COVID. We've got climate change. We've got modern slavery under the pseudonym of mass incarceration. I was talking to my son and I was remembering a Marvin Gaye song out of the 60s in the civil rights movement. And the question of the song is, what's going on? And that's a question that women and men all over the world have to ask in this very tumultuous time. What's really going on? But then my son came back to say a song that he loved in the 90s was an Irish song by a group called the Cranberries uh, that was called Zombie. 
And I was like, wow. So I started listening to the song and the words just floored me because it dealt with children who had found a bomb which had been set off with traffic in the marketplace. And the lyrics, I won't sing because my Irish accent is not that good. But I wanted you to understand that the song, the lyrics goes, another mother's breaking heart is taking over when the violence causes silence. We must be mistaken. It's the same old theme since 1916. In your head, in your head, they're still fighting with their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their guns. In your head, in your head, they are dying. What's in your head, zombie? Now think, who is that zombie? Who's facing and challenging the world to the possibility of World War III? Zombie, okay? And these songs mm -hmm. represent and symbolic of what most of us are feeling and going through. I have listened when the, um, the Pussy Riots came to UCLA. I went to listen to them. And I have watched documentaries on the Doc Daughters of Ukraine singing Rosie. We are all in this together. And the feminine solidarity is so important. It's important for all thinking persons to revisit the history and what has led us to this crisis in Ukraine. And we have to know it's not just about a war over sovereignty, but a major battle that is possibly tipping the scales against another genocide. We in America are very, very familiar, starting with the indigenous people in the United States. So that American Holocaust, where over a hundred million people were lost, the, the, in Africa, 60 million. We do not want to go to those deadly times again, but we have to fight back. We have to show that self-determination and self-governance. I'm sorry this is a little long, but I, I wanted to make sure that you understand that we are fighting in order to make sure that people go beyond the crisis just in Ukraine because what happens in Ukraine is going to affect all of us. It's already affecting all of us. The authoritarians would very much like to drive us in like cattle into a pen of self-destruction or like lemurs just flying off a, a, a mountainside into self-mutilation. It can no longer be perceived as a normalized step in the history of humanity. But this, this is a deliberate effort by oligarchic governments or parties bent on the destruction of the other to gain power over the majority. The goal is to pass, and, and they want to, whether uh, Bolsonaro or whether we're talking Trump or whatever, they want to be greater than Augustus, Caesar Augustus. They want to be more powerful than Papa Doc Duvalier of Haiti or the Shah of Iran or Castro of Cuba. 
more. And Putin wants to strive to be beyond Stalin, Lenin, Gorbachev, and his mentor, Yeltsin. The totalitarian leaders today want to reign beyond their lifetime. And as we see in the Philippines right now, Marcos is actually has his son running with Duarte's daughter. We have to be on our best abilities of activism that we can ever think of. This is not politics as usual, but the use of the advanced technology, improved propaganda, tried and tested terrorism. What is unusual is the rapidity and the magnitude of these overthrows around the world and the fragility of even the old pseudo-democracies to withstand their own interior dismantling that forestalls a robust but vulnerable democracy like Ukraine, which it is facing now. Invasion by Russia in increments had been seen. It, it had even been anticipated. We, we, we knew they were going and possibly doing something in the Donbass in eastern Ukraine. But the actual challenge, the initiation of World War III, maybe a few uh, diehard military people thought of it. But the threat of nuclear holocaust, after everything we've won as a world, as a, a, a global citizens of World War II, of, after Chernobyl, after Fukushima disaster in Japan, this was not foreseen or anticipated. How is the Ukrainian crisis a determinant of the future of humanity? When the death and displacement of millions of ordinary civilians, human beings, is treated as collateral damage in a battle to gain absolute control by any means, Ukraine is the canary in the gold mine. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. On today's show, we bring you the first part of a panel discussion about how feminist solidarity can help Ukraine. The first speaker you heard from was Wanda Powell, and coming up next is Oksana Dushak. Yes, thank you, Frida, for inviting. Thank you, Wanda, very much for this very passionate speech, which I really feel close to what I feel. Um, I will also continue with the discussion about uh, whether the Ukrainian struggle is a determinant for the future of humanity, and here maybe i would be not that optimistic um, and put some reflections how i see it uh, we can say basically that the war in ukraine it's um, like another yet another war which regularly happens in the modern world um, or we can say it's uh, another war in the line of post-socialist conflicts in countries which undergo post-socialist transformation in the region. But of course, um, it is also distinctive in many ways from what we, we, what we observed in the region and um, from the wars we observed in uh, recent history of uh, the world. Um, but I cannot call it a the determinant war for, for, for various reasons, among which is a kind of very maybe childish and um, personal reason. It is really hard to imagine that your country and your life is a determinant for the future of humanity. But there are also, of course, very important 
uh, outcomes or conclusions which can be made out of this situation and this war, and I think which are determinant for the future of humanity. So um, first to say it's like as any war, this war has uh, many dimensions which are pe personal, collective, regional, global. Um, it has political and economic dimensions and has a dimension of social reproduction, which is uh, in Ukraine under, uh, going under the catastrophic conditions now. Um, because it's endangered by military aggression, like as existentially, human life is endangered, but it also endangered um, by the economic outcomes of the, of the war and collapse of the economic production. On, in which um, uh, social reproduction in capitalist society is rooted. Uh, and it has also a global dimension uh, of social reproduction because it triggers fuel prices due to sanctions and it triggers food prices due to the fact that Ukraine was one of the biggest uh, agrarian export, uh, exporter in the world. And here is one important and I think decisive um, observation which can be drawn upon the situation is the priorities of global capitalist and political class. It is uh, obvious in the situation of sanction-related discussion. So we see that uh, while sanctions to stop Putin, they, are, they require a certain increase in European in prices of uh, European costs of European social reproduction. Um, but uh, also the continuation of war, uh, it will uh, trigger the costs of social reproduction of many poorer countries, which depends uh, on Ukrainian export of grain. Uh, and uh, so we see the priorities while the sanctions are still um, like critically debated by the global capitalist and political class, uh, especially the um, topic of um, embargo on export of gas and, um, and um, oil. Um, so we see how these debates are unfolding and um, this also poses the question to which extent the Western countries are really ready for the any version of the Green New Deal, any version of just transition, uh, because uh, we see how in this situation uh, the societies and the Western political class is not ready to give up on its total dependence on fuel uh, and fossil fuel. And uh, it also, on the other hand, may be a good opportunity to debate uh, this and to, to turn around or to rethink this whole discussion about the environmental future of humanity. Uh, and also um, another, which is important also for me very much, uh, is um, that this uh, situation has a decisive political implications. And uh, these implications, they are the most painful part of experience for the Ukrainian left and for Ukrainian feminists and for Ukrainian left feminists at me. So at some point we understood that the solidarity issue, so which is very central to the political struggle of leftists and feminists, uh, it is not as it seems to be before. Uh, we see and hear all the kind of weird statements and conclusions. Mm, for example, feminists doing victim blaming and pacifism, which denies the agency and right to self-defense and self-determination. And leftists against militarization, also meaning in this case, demilitarization of the victim in the face of ruthless aggression. 
and uh, white for left it is easy to to do this kind of shift because they can easily go to the geopolitical level when every and repeat all this old mantra about uh, the main threat of Western capitalism, not seeing the reality on the ground. For feminism, it is like where the basic assumption is empirical life and um, the relations and um, protection of the weaker. Um, uh, it is um, even more surprising. I know it's complicated and I know that it's not uneven. I know that we, Ukraine and Ukrainian society, is a very inconvenient victim for global left because we have been unlucky enough to be attacked not by still hegemonic Western country. Uh, but um, I know that um, all, of course, I know that uh, not all the left and feminist movement is like that. And this event and many other events uh, is very, makes this um, difference very visible. Uh, but here is another important observation which can be determinant for the future of humanity. It appears that left and feminists left um, for whom the solidarity is so decisive in their struggle um, fail to practice solidarity in such a critical moments. And it puts the question of whether the possibility of better future for humanity, of common struggle for this better future is possible. Uh, my personal, and that's probably the last thing I would say now, my personal conclusion here, uh, that after my own and probably Ukrainian feminist movement mistake of being concentrated so much on the Western theories and Western experiences, we are not uh, like not guilty. We are still, we are also guilty of West centrism and uh, Eurocentrism. Um, and there are also, of course, materialist reasons for that, because when the resources are concentrated in one place, it's that place which um, spread its ideology and its networking the best. And But now I feel that, uh, and this is a probably conclusive, like my, one of the most important conclusion to myself, that uh, we as Ukrainian uh, leftists and feminists should pay better attention to the non-Western and us uh, and provisionally, let's call it like intersectional parts of political feminists and left movement. That was Oksana Dushak and before her, Wanda Powell. They were both guests on a panel, Can Feminist Solidarity Help Ukraine? Next week on the show, we'll bring you the second half of this panel discussion. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kunjeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.